What is up, everybody? This is Logan Hughes, and I want to welcome you to a very special episode of the Get a Job podcast. Man, I am very excited for this next guest. His book might be one of my favorite books of all time. It taught me so much about entrepreneurship and how to always be of service to others, which is something that I carry uh, with me throughout all walks of life now. So um, if you have a chance to read this book, I highly, highly suggest this. It was passed down to me from uh, a group that I was in at the time, and it's been it's become something that I've I've really taken to heart. Uh, so I would love to welcome Bob Berg to the show. So for over 30 years, Bob Berg has been successfully showing entrepreneurs, leaders, and sales professionals how to communicate their value and accelerate their business growth. Although for years he was best known for his sales classic, Endless Referrals, it's his business parable, The Go-Giver, co-authored with Dave, John David Mann that has created a worldwide movement. So the book is called The Go-Giver. Go pick that up. It's a, an amazing book. While part of a four-book series, The Go-Giver itself has sold more than one million copies and been translated into 30 languages. It was rated number 10 on Inc. Magazine's list of the most motivational books ever written and was on HubSpot's 20 most highly rated sales books of all time. Bob is the founder of the Go-Giver Success Alliance, an online mentorship community for successful entrepreneurs, leaders, and sales professionals, and he publishes the very popular Daily Impact email. Those are wonderful, by the way. Go sign up for that. He is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He is also an unapologetic animal fanatic and served on the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption and Clinic in his town of Jupiter, Florida. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with the one and only Bob Berg. You, you are now listening to the Get It, Get It, Get a Job podcast. podcast. Your host, Logan, Logan Hughes. Tune in, my learn Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Get a Job podcast, and I'm here with someone very, very special. Uh, I took a leap of faith and wanted to get him on here because he wrote this book called The Go-Giver, and it really changed everything when I was starting this entrepreneurial journey, and this is the one and only Bob Berg. How are you doing today? I'm great, Logan. Thank you. For, thank you for your kind words and for having me on. Yeah, well, listen, this is uh, very exciting. Um Again, this book means so much to me, and it literally was really the only book out of a lot of the books that I've read that I wanted literally everyone to to read. I think it's that that important. Um, this podcast is really around entrepreneurial spirit, right? And having others that are thinking about taking the, the you know the leap of faith and maybe leaving a nine to five job to start something that they're really passionate about. So I want to start with the beginning. Of, of your journey. And I don't know if you had any nine to fives, but you know, before everything and what led you to become an entrepreneur and just 
a little bit of about, uh, about your background. Yeah, well, I mean, I had nine to fives or, you know, at least jobs where I work for other people. And that inspired me to be an entrepreneur more than anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think, you know, we, I I think some people are sort of cut out for that a little bit more. Hmm. um, And and others not so and there's no one right way. Um, Hmm. You know, not not everybody is willing to, to take those risks that it takes to be an entrepreneur and to to do the things that we need to be able to do in order, order to do that. And there's no reason they, they should have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those who, who do want to be entrepreneurs, um, I, you know, I think it's a wonderful thing to do because mm-hmm. while, while you're never in complete control because you're not, we're not in complete control of anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and our customers ultimately determine whether we're going to be successful or not. <laughs> we still are in control of our actions. Right. And, mm-hmm. and how we want to go about, you know, the business that we're in. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a mindset there that people have that that even the unknown, you know, it's it's so worth it to mm-hmm. just know that you're taking control of your destiny to the degree that mm-hmm. that you can do that. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. And I think that's something that personally led me to. Um, you know, the, the whole entrepreneurial path is one, obviously working for others, but um, becoming really passionate of, of what I was doing. And furthermore, wanting to be of service to others. And, and I think the book speaks a little bit to that. So what's the, and we'll highlight some of the stuff within, within a book itself, but um, being of service to others, um, what does that mean to you personally? Um, with within your business and and everything that you've done uh, so far, well, you know, John David Mann, my awesome co-author of the of the book, he he and I both agree that you know there are certain elements of human nature that just simply are, and um, and while the the book really does work within those truths of human nature, okay, understanding that to the degree we can focus on others. That's the degree people are going to feel good about us. They're going to know us, like us, trust us, want to do business with us because they know we have their best interests at heart. Okay? Mm-hmm. But there's also another element of human nature that we, that we believe in, and that is that ultimately we all, and I say all, most, not everybody, of course, but most of us as human beings want to feel as though we're making a difference. Mm-hmm. We want to feel as though we're adding value to life, to life itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be through curing cancer, although that's a wonderful thing. (laughs) It might be through inventing a, you know, a a, uh, something that adds on to something else that makes life a little better or a little safer or a little easier or a little bit more convenient. You know what what I'm I'm saying? Entrepreneurs, (coughs) excuse me, we tend to do that through our work, Mm. you know, whether it's the product itself or the the business element itself or or what have you yeah no that that's wonderful and that's it's the more i talk with you know entrepreneurs and, and people that that have really made an impact that is really one of the bigger focal points that i just mm-hmm. i hear often is you know being of service to others and i think it's still you know growing my business personally is you know there's times where you know finances are little little iffy here and there but it's just sort of reevaluating and going back to how can I be, you know, of service to others is just, uh, I think it's a critical component to that. You know, Logan, it, it, it's never that money isn't important because money is important. Of course mm-hmm. it is. 
Uh, it's a means to an end, though. It allows us to live our values and do the things mm -hmm. that we, we care about. Um, but so money is important, and those who deny it, I think, are, are denying reality. So it's not that it's not important. It's that it's not the most important thing. Mm. And I think with most entrepreneurs, we have a much bigger reason than the money. Don't get me wrong. We deposit the checks. Okay. <laughs> and, and we enjoy being, again, be able to use money to do what we uh, feel is, is, is best with it. Uh, but very rarely do people go into business for themselves for the money as the main, as the main thing. Yeah, no, that's, that's really, I mean, that's a great point for, first of all. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, personally going into, you know, the marketing world, it was never really about money first. It was being of, of service to others and, um, fulfilling, just being fulfilled with, within life and everything yeah. around. Um, so that's, that's great. And I appreciate that, that introduction. I, I do want to get to the book, um, here because I, I do have some questions regarding, uh, everything that happened to create this this really great book. So um, for others that haven't listened or haven't you know listened or read the book yet, what is the premise of the book itself? Uh, yeah, it, it's simply this. It's that shifting your focus, and this is really the key, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. Mm -hmm. And not for any kind of way out there, woo-woo, magical, mystical <laughs> reason, uh, but really for, for very concrete, uh, very logical reasons. Uh, again, when you're that person, Logan, who can take your focus off of yourself and place it on serving others, discovering what they need, what they want, what they desire. When you can move off yourself and onto helping to solve their challenges and problems. When you can make it not about you, but about bringing them, helping move them closer to happiness. Uh, people feel good about you, right? People mm -hmm. feel great about you. They want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. They want to do business with you. They want to tell others all about you. They want to be your personal walking ambassador. Personal walking ambassador. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, I love that. So you mentioned something about you know the woo woo side of things, right? So I, I do want to get your your input into maybe some of the manifestation, right? It's highly talked about subject in terms of what others are doing to manifest abundance or you know, relationships and so forth. Is that something that you follow? Do you do any of that type of techniques or do you just practice this sort of the, the serving or what, what's it, what's, uh, I guess in the book? Um, so let me make sure I'm understanding your question. So, mm -hmm. um, so when you say the woo woo stuff, what are you, what are you kind of referring to? And then I can answer, uh, more accurately cause I want to make sure. sure. Yeah, well, there's different, you know, manifestation techniques, right? So, oh, you know, okay. yeah, just I talk about manifest, uh, manifestation, right? Writing down what you're wanting to do sure. or accomplish and that whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I think all those things are very worthwhile. I mm. think what, what happens, though, is sometimes, uh, and this is, you know, when the, when the secret came out, when that, that video yeah. from years and years ago, I, I thought it was very good. It had mm. great information and from people who were extraordinarily successful. I think the one thing that was left out of it, though, was that it's not just a matter of thinking your way into a Lamborghini, okay? Mm -hmm. 
okay? <laughs> it doesn't matter how much you want it and desire it. If you don't do the work mm -hmm. for it to happen, it simply cannot manifest itself. Correct. Okay. And you've got to take the right action. Uh, and so, yeah. And, and so, I, so I'm not referring to, to when I say woo, -woo I'm not referring to, to utilize, you know, using our minds. And of mm -hmm. course, everything begins with thought. We create through thought and action. Absolutely. When I say woo, -woo I mean by thinking, oh, just do good things and good things will happen and everything will be perfect. No, it's not that at all. Mm -hmm. uh, success is a matter of doing the correct things in the success process that allows a person to, you know, to, to be successful in, in the way that they choose to be successful. So no, I'm all for everything cool. in, in terms of utilizing the mind and, and using our energy. And it, yeah, I think all that has been in many ways proven to, you know, it's just that let's not leave out the work part. <laughs> yeah, taking action. Yeah, that's literally one of the most, <laughs> you know, it'd be nice if that were, were to work, right? You know, and Nino Carl sing about it a couple of times and it shows yeah. up, but yeah. I really yeah. want that. I really desire it. <laughs> well, good. So there's a whole lot of other people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's 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 great. Yeah, the action component is, it, it is left out here and there with uh, a lot of that type of stuff. So um, going back to the book itself and regarding the, the five laws that are mentioned um, within the book, give us a, a quick review of the, the five laws, the five laws that you and John uh, share within this book. Sure. Uh, so the five laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. The first one, the law of, of um, value says your true worth in the business sense, of course, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, when you first hear this, it sounds rather counterintuitive, right? I uh, uh, give more in value than I take in payment. I mean... Now that sounds bankruptcy actually. Right. Right. So we, we simply have to understand the difference between price and value. Uh, price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. It is what it is. Value on the other hand is the relative worth or desirability of a thing of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that mm -hmm. brings so much worth or value to another person that they will willingly exchange their money for that and be ecstatic that they did. So uh, while you make a very healthy profit. So I like to use the example um, because it's a pretty tangible one of the accountant who you uh, hire to do your taxes mm -hmm. and she charges you and we'll just name a round figure a thousand dollars that's her fee literally her price a thousand dollars but what value does she give you that makes it so worthwhile to do business with her well through her years of experience her hard work her study her getting to know you and your business and what you're looking to achieve uh, she's able to save you $5,000 in taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, she also saves you countless hours of time and provides you and your family with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. Right. So she, she gave you actually well over $5,000 in value mm -hmm. uh, in exchange for a $1,000 price. She gave you more in value than she took in payment. So you feel great about it. But she also made a very healthy profit because it was worth it to her um, to exchange her time, her energy, her knowledge, her wisdom for that thousand dollars. Okay. So, um, but, but here's the key and here's why this, this happened because she was not focused on 
the fee she was receiving. She was right. focused on the value she was providing. Uh, the money she received was just the reward for that. This is why John and I say that money is simply an echo of value. Right? Mm -hmm. It's the uh, thunder, if you will, to values yeah. of lightning, which means really nothing more than the value must be the focus. Mm -hmm. the, you know, focus on the value. Uh, the money you receive is simply a natural result of the value you've provided. Right. So that's really a basic, very basically the, the law of value. Um, I'll do the others quicker. The, uh, mm -hmm. the uh, second law, the law of compensation, says your income is determined by how many people you serve. Uh, and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives you touch with the exceptional value you provide, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. So as Nicole, the um, CEO in the story, mm -hmm. uh, explained to Joe, the protege, the law of value represents your potential income, but it's not enough to serve just one person, right? Law number two, compensation equals your actual income because it's a matter of how many lives you impact with that value. So we could say exceptional value plus significant reach equals very high compensation. Mm -hmm. This is also why we believe in a referral-based business. It allows you to reach more people in the same amount of time or you know, less time. Sure. Uh, law number three is the law of influence. This says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Again, it sounds counterproductive at best and maybe even um, Pollyanna-ish. Right. <laughs> but when you think about it, the greatest leaders, top influencers, highest sustainable money earners, this is how they run their lives and conduct their businesses. They're always looking out for the other person's interest. Now, let me mm. qualify this. When, when John and I say um, place the other person's interest first, we're, we're not in any way suggesting that you be anyone's doormat. Right. Or right. a martyr or self-sacrificial <laughs> in any way. Yeah. Absolutely not at all. It's simply understanding as Joe, the protege in the story, learned from several mm -hmm. of the mentors, the golden rule of business, of sales, is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to mm -hmm. those people they know, like, and trust. trust. And yep. there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you and others than by genuinely moving from that I focus or me focus mm -hmm. to that other focus, looking to as Sam, one of the mentors in the story advised Joe, make your win all about the other person's win. Oh, I love that. Yep. Yeah. yep. Law number four is the law of authenticity. This says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. In this part of the story, Deborah shared a, a very important lesson she learned, and that is all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are all indeed very, very important, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. But when you do, right, when you show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you, they feel comfortable with you, they feel safe. Mm -hmm. with you and why wouldn't they they know who they're getting and it's again we talk about human nature right as human beings we want to we want to be able to make sense of our world mm -hmm. uh, often in a world that doesn't make a lot of sense we want consistency in our world this in a world that's often very inconsistent so when you show up the same way right every time you give that person that sense of security and this is how trust can be both developed and 
expanded. Now, I do want to say one thing, if I may, when it comes to authenticity. It's a term that, just like some of the others, uh, are, is very overused and I think has become almost misapplied. <laughs> um, you know, these days, and especially with, with uh, social media, authenticity has come to mean no boundaries. Just mm. say or do whatever you want or feel, and that's fine because it's authentic. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is, uh, you know. I don't, I don't buy into that. I, you know, this is yeah. like the person who says, well, I have anger issues and I yell at people a lot. And if and I were to okay. act any different, right. that wouldn't be authentic of me. And, right. You know, <laughs> that's baloney. It's malarkey. It simply mm -hmm. means this person has an authentic problem mm -hmm. uh, that they need to authentically work on in order mm -hmm. to become a better, higher, more effective, mm -hmm. authentic version of themselves. So I, I just ask that people not not use often the concept of authenticity as a reason or an excuse for not not growing you right. know logan my I, you know I, and I i'm so annoying that i'm always defining terms right <laughs> and uh, i've probably done this like five times during our, our interview already um so i define authenticity very simply mm -hmm. it's acting congruently with your values that's authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I think if you do that, now you're, you know, you're on, you're on track. Mm -hmm. uh, and then law number five is the law of receptivity. Uh, John calls this the, the thumb to the five fingers. You know, the five mm -hmm. fingers yep. are, are value, compensation, influence, authenticity. The thumb kind of now brings it all home. And that's a receptivity. Uh, the law of receptivity says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. Yes. Uh, this means yes. nothing more than understanding that you breathe out. You also have to breathe in. Mm -hmm. It's not one or the other. Mm -hmm. It's both. You breathe out carbon dioxide. You breathe in oxygen. <laughs> you breathe out, which is giving. You breathe in, which is receiving. Mm -hmm. Despite the horrible anti-prosperity messages we get from the world around us, right, mm -hmm. uh, all the time, right, which is really a shame fact is giving and receiving are not opposite concepts they're simply two sides of the very same coin right and they work in tandem it's not are you a giver or a receiver that's what we call the treacherous dichotomy or the false dilemma the unnecessary use of the word or right mm -hmm. you're not a giver or a receiver you're a giver and, and a receiver what you know though is that the giving comes first again these are laws of nature Mm -hmm. And it's so important to understand laws of nature, whether we're talking human nature, uh, economic nature, physical nature, right? The, the laws that you give before you, 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 you plant before you harvest. Mm -hmm. you sow before you reap, right? You <laughs> give before you receive. And then once we know we have done this, now we've created that benevolent context for success. And when it comes to us, we need to be able to breathe in and allow ourselves to receive. Mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's just it's it's so many wonderful concepts in there, and I, I think the you know the fourth and the fifth law of authenticity. Uh, first and foremost, is we, we mentioned like you know in the social media component of everyone uh, now online and having you know opinions opinions on certain things. I, I kind of like to relate that to you know just being being somewhat of a normal being a normal human being right and and following your values and so forth but i 
there's there's so many times where I, I've told businesses, you know, business owners and so forth that, you, you know, bring in personalization and talk more about your values. And that will be so incredibly relatable that you'll be blown away by it. And it, time and time again, it has proven to be that, you know, and, and being open um, to everything coming in and coming out, too, is just such a, a wonderful concept. Um, a really one of the bigger concepts within the book, too, is 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 mentorship. Right. Um, and for younger entrepreneurs just getting started or business owners, um, I, I took this for granted when I first started. Um, I, I kind of thought like, OK, yeah, I've heard that you probably should have a mentor. You know, it probably would help here and there, but never really saw it. Um, as something really, you know, critical or, or important at the time. But uh, now that I've, you know, you know, been in this for several years, yeah. finding a, a mentor is incredibly important. So I definitely want to dive into the mentorship part of this. Um, what is really the best way for someone to to find a mentor? Uh, first of all, I think it's important to to. And first of all, and I agree with you. I, I think it is very important to have a mentor or a series of people. It doesn't have to be that one. Tuesdays with Maury mentor, you know, it can be many people, but, um, um, but, you know, first it's understanding that a mentor protege relationship is just that it's a relationship. It takes time to develop. Um, so, uh, so I think we need to approach it that way. I also, you know, I, I believe you can approach pretty much anyone. However, it's, it's how we approach that's important. And what I, what I see people do a lot of times is they'll reach out to someone. It might be online. It might be phone. It might be in person that they know of this person. They don't really have a relationship with this person, but they respect this person. They'd love this person to be their mentor. And they just say something like, hey, would you be my mentor? And I think the challenge with that is that first of all, there, so there's a few things. One is if you want this person to be your mentor, the chances are good there's a whole lot of other people who'd like them to be their mentor as well. And they only have a limited amount of time to be able to do that sort of sure. thing. Plus, when you just come right out and say, will you be my mentor? It might come across as a little bit entitled, mm -hmm. uh, which and, and that's not going to separate you or distinguish you from everyone else who kind of sounds entitled <laughs> right. when, they, when they ask. Um, now, that said, I still think you can approach pretty much anyone, but the way you do it is, is maybe a little different. And it could be along the lines of, you know, I know you're extremely busy. If this is something you either don't have time to do or for whatever reason would just rather not, I'll absolutely understand. I'm wondering if I might ask you one or two very specific questions. Mm. Now, what have you done when doing that? First, you've again respected the process, right? You've, you've let them know you realize this is a big ask. Uh, that is not something you take for granted. You're not entitled to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Second, you gave them an out or back door. Right away, you, you know, you say you framed it with I know you're very busy if this is something you don't have time to do or for whatever reason, whether I'll totally understand. The, the, the out in, in any time in business is so important because remember, again, human nature, people want to feel autonomous. They want to be in control of themselves and their actions. So when you give a person an out, which is really, what is it? It's an emotional escape route. Right. Right. <laughs> so when you do that, my, you know, what I call Berg's law of the out or back door is the bigger the out or back door you give someone to take, the less they'll feel the need to take it mm -hmm. because they know you respect their decision regardless. And so, so right there, you're, you're 
helping this person to feel very comfortable with you. They know mm -hmm. you're not that, that that you understand about their time and that they're and and so forth. So they're much more likely. But here's what it, you also did, and this is important. You said, "May I ask you one or two very specific questions?" You didn't say, "Will you mentor me? Will you will you give me forty years of your experience and wisdom?" <laughs> And ever tell me everything you know, even right. though you don't know me from a hole in the wall. No, right. but you've asked for one or two, and you haven't said, "Can I pick your brain?" Which means kind of nothing, most people. Okay, may I ask you one or two very specific questions? Now it says to this person, "Okay, I, I know this person's not a time waster. They respect mm -hmm. my time. They also have an agenda." When I agenda in this case a good thing right yes they know what they want to ask me they know right so usually now again not every everybody but most people will say well sure you know go right ahead how can i help you mm -hmm. so you ask them these questions you want to make sure to have, have really researched them thoroughly so that you don't ask something that you could have already known by easily found know. yeah right, right. Um, so you, you, you ask the questions you don't take up much of their time you thank them profusely now you get off the phone or leave their office or end the Zoom call, you know, whatever it happens to be. And then what I'm gonna suggest is right away, send a handwritten personalized note of thanks, just a brief one, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, hi, Mr. Johnson, hi, Ms. Uh, Samuels, or, you know, or, or hi, Dave, or hi, Mary, however the relationships have been established. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, your schedule, your busy schedule to, uh, uh, you know, to, to spend time with me. Uh, your, your wisdom is priceless. I look forward to applying it right away and I'll circle back and keep you up to date. You know, mm -hmm. best regard, sign your name. That's something along those lines. Again, very short and sweet. You're thanking them. You're letting them know you're going to take action on it and that you'll, okay, now put that in a, you know, regular envelope, handwrite the address, regular stamp, not a meter machine stamp, regular <laughs> stamp, right? You, right there, when you send that and they receive it, you've, again, separated yourself from pretty much everyone else. Sure. Another thing to do, which is a really nice touch, this is powerful, is make a, a small donation. It doesn't have to be anything big. A small donation to their favorite charitable cause. Ooh, that's a good idea. Right, yeah. and, and make it in their name. So, again, oh, just, you can either find out online what it is, probably easy enough, or you mm -hmm. can ask their administrative assistant. Sure. Uh, and, but you find out, and then do, again, just small amount in their name. It'll get back to them. Now, you're not doing it to kiss up to them. You're doing it just so, again, they know that you're proactively thinking, how can you add value to them, that you're not just a taker, that you're someone who wants to, right? And now, you know, a couple weeks later, you might call back or, or just, you know, um, let them know how, you know, follow up just to let them know how things are going. You might have another question and they answer and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you do this a few times and after a while, there's a relationship starts to, you know, starts to occur. And it might be that this person's going to be someone who you can come to for advice, may turn into a, a mentor-protege relationship, might not. Uh, but you can do this with different people. And as you go along, and you're always trying to find ways to bring value to them. And it might be introducing them to someone who can help them. It might be seeing something on their, their website that you could help them with that you, you know, or so, whatever it is. Um, but as you do this, what you're going to find is you're creating these, this, this wonderful, um, kind of mental board of directors. Mm. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> that you have access to. And, uh, and, you know, and that's how, to me, that's how you, you, you best build up your, your uh, you know, team of mentors. Yeah, that that's wonderful. And then I think the, the follow up question was that was, you know, how can a protege, you know, or, or someone who let's say that the mentor, you know, accepts whatever the invitation is, and you know, how that how they can provide value. And I think you, you sort of answered that. Um, so that's, that's really great, man. So, uh, you know, I know that we have just a minute here left. Um, one of the ending questions that I just really like to ask all guests um, of all walks in life really is, you know, if there's any piece of advice that you could give someone thinking about, you know, taking the leap into entrepreneurship, starting a business, following their passion, what would that be for you? What piece of advice would you, would you give them? Well, the real quick one is if you want to accomplish a certain thing, find out who's already done it, mm -hmm. find out how, and then do that. And okay, you can do that through, you know, people leave clues, their books, their seminars, their, you know, what, what have you. But here's another thing, though, and I think this is just important in terms of an ongoing philosophy, if you will. Mm -hmm. And this is something that a long ago mentor of mine shared with me. Uh, and that was, you know, he said, Berg, he was a last name kind of guy. He said, Berg, <laughs> if you want to make a lot of money in sales or in, in actually he said sales, but could be business, mm -hmm. entrepreneur, what have you. But he said, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, he said, you'll get a reward. Mm -hmm. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you mm -hmm. can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, he said, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It isn't the Love target that. itself. Your target is serving others. Mm -hmm. And I... I think that when we proceed from that foundational premise, now we're really nine steps ahead of the game mm -hmm. in a 10 step game. Yep. Uh, I love that. Thank you so much uh, for your time, Bob. Um, where can others find you online? Uh, best place to go is Berg, uh, B U R G mm -hmm. dot com. Uh, while there, they can get uh, uh, chapters of my books to see you know, if they like it, and they can always click through, and they can subscribe to my free. Uh, yes. daily impact email newsletter. Definitely should do that. I'm on there and there's some wonderful tips uh, all daily. So it's great. Great, great. So um, again, Bob, I appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you so much for being on here and providing oh. value. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you. Oh,